Awesome. Uh, thank you, Rob, wherever you are. There you go. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, isn't it great to see you all? <laughs> isn't it great to be back in the building seeing people in 3D? Um, oh, it's, it's so cool. It's a little scary for me, but we'll put through. We'll put through. Um, to be fair, I've noticed this sort of thing a bit more about myself recently. Um, has anyone here been retail shopping in the last week? Like, back out into the shops? No one? Oh, someone over there. Brilliant. Um, you'll understand a bit of what I'm saying, maybe. So, um, coming out of this lockdown, I think I've found, and maybe you guys have found a bit too, um, that going around and sort of being in town and being with people uh, is really sort of warming to yourself. I was out with my sister um, in the week, and I was going around and sort of going, look at all this customer service. Thank you for trying to sell me jeans. Thank you for having this sort of conversation with me. Thank you. Um, these like little connections that you kind of have um, that don't really need to go any deeper, but kind of just are there and are in your life. And I, I didn't realize how much I missed that. And I think, I think a few of us are realizing that. Um, and that does bring me on um, to this idea of connection. Um, and I'm following on from a really excellent talk last week. If you haven't heard it, go back, listen to it, um, from Joe, Joe Herbert, um, saying that this idea of connection with God is framed in these places of connection with God, connection with others, and connection with creation. So we're connected in these sort of different uh, ways, almost, in this sort of with God, with creation, and with ourselves. Now, I'm going to be going a little bit more into detail this morning about our connection with God and that what that means for us as people and what that means for our lives and what that means for the life that we're invited into. So we're going to move a bit quickly, but we're going to start in Ephesians 2, to understand this concept of being connected to God. And starting in Ephesians 2, we see here that Paul is writing a message of encouragement to this church in Ephesus. And he actually starts in quite an odd place. He starts like this with verses 1 through 3 of Ephesians 2 in the NLT. You were once dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everybody else. Now, there's a lot in that passage, um, and I'm not going to touch on all of it. Uh, there's a few bits that I won't touch, and I'm just going to put this disclaimer in. Uh, sort of the stuff of the devil being the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey him, and like the subject of God's anger and stuff like that. I'm not going to talk about today, but if you have any questions about that, please ask me or maybe someone who even knows a bit more about it. Um, 
and that would, yeah, just ask those questions, feel free to. But what we do see in this passage as well as that is we see that Paul details this problem of disconnection from God. He states plainly how broken we are as human beings. And I think it's actually quite important, although a bit of a solemn note to start, to recognise the depth of our brokenness as people. We note in verse 1 how strong Paul is on this. You were once dead, living a life in sort of black and white, living without limits. We must not underestimate this depth of brokenness. We were and can be slaves to the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. And it begs the question of this. When did we become so disconnected from the one who created us? When did we become so disconnected? And as many of you will know, it wasn't always like this. And we look back at this creation narrative that we see in the Bible in Genesis. We can see a God who created people to be in an active relationship with him and connected to him. We could see a people in Adam and Eve, at least initially, who were really happy to be in that relationship and stewarded the earth alongside God. They worked alongside God to take care of the earth. However, God gave them this free choice. God gave them this sort of out on this relationship, if you will. And God's kind, this is kind of, I find this sometimes, I wrestle with the fact that God gave humanity a choice. But I come back to the fact that it's actually maybe quite an act of love. In terms of this God who created humans to be in relationship with him and everything's perfect, but he still goes, if you would like to trust yourselves more than me, if you would like to choose your own right and wrongs, you can. And through deception from the devil in the form of this serpent in the garden, they do. They decide to choose their own rights and wrongs. They make themselves slaves to their own passionate desires and inclinations. And when they saw the error of the ways, they hid from God. When they saw that they had made a mistake, they hid from God. They were ashamed They avoided him. They avoided connection with him. So we see in the matter of literally a couple of pages in the Bible, ultimate connection with God, creation to be in relationship with him, to utter disconnection. And then what follows throughout the Old Testament is this story of human tragedy. But in parallel, this story of God's endless grace towards people. For example, God forms this nation of Israel, and he says to them that they will be his people, and he will be their God. Just an utter statement of relationship and commitment. Yet still, these people can't keep up their end of the bargain. People at large are simply too broken to reconnect with God of their own accord. And does that sound familiar? Maybe the narrative definitely might for a few of you. But 
does that sound familiar in our lives? People are too broken to reconcile with God and reconnect of their own accord. But if we take another step back into this creation narrative, back into this garden, we can see that God makes a promise. And he makes this promise in Genesis 3.15. He says to the serpent, after he's just deceived the people, he goes, I will cause hostility between you and the woman between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. So there's this promise that shows that even right back at the start, God knew what he was doing in terms of reconnection. This serpent who's tricked humanity and continues to trick humanity into going away from God and defining their own right and wrongs will be crushed. But that serpent will also bite back at the heel of the one who crushes. And we see that this is the restoration of our connection from the start. So if you, if you fast forward after that, you get to sort of 0 AD or 3 BC or however you see it, God himself is then born as this vulnerable baby. He lives as an ordinary Nazarite for 30 years. He's baptized, he's tempted, he serves, he loves, he heals, he restores, he teaches, he challenges, he confronts, he dies. And he's risen again. This amazing story found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of the life on earth of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to ask a bit more, because I'm only going to skim over that very quickly, please do. I really want to talk about that more. Um, But what I'll take from it now is that God moves towards us to crush the head of this serpent who's been tricking us, remove its power, and reconnect us in relationship to him. Back to the start. So up to this point, we have created connection with God. Disconnection because we chose to go against him. Then we have God continually pouring out his grace to these people, and they can't hold up their end of the bargain. And then we have Jesus. And we have what he has done to reconnect us to God. Let's return now to Ephesians 2 and what Paul says about this act of reconnection. Verses 4 through 7. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. Again, 
a lot in that passage. And you could pick out a whole myriad of things, but I'm going to pick out two. Firstly, if we look at verse 4, we see this statement. God is rich in mercy and loved us so much. That maybe, just maybe, this God that we feared, that we hid from, that we avoided in the garden, is actually revealing himself to be a God of self-sacrificing love in the life of Christ, in the life of Jesus. This God who really wants to be close and this God who wants to reconnect with us. Now, you might think there, self-sacrificing love. It's a term I'm going to use a bit more. What does it mean? Um, Well, for the purpose of this, this is how I've defined self-sacrificing love. A willingness to give up anything of personal value, such as one's comfort, time, or even their life, to benefit someone else. And I'd even add to that that it's without sort of knowing that you'll get compensation or repayment for it. It's freely given. And we do see that in what Jesus has done for us. I'll return to that pretty soon. Um, But another thing I want to pick out here is in verse 6. And in verse 6, it says this. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. What does that mean? What does it mean to be united with Christ, seated in the heavenly realms with him? What does it mean that we as people... As a people are united with Christ. Well, for us as individuals, in Jesus identifying with us and is dying for us and his resurrection, we are risen with him, as it says in this passage. We are a new creation. In this process, our hearts suddenly become these places where God can dwell. This God of the universe, this God who created it all, dwells in us through our unity with Christ. This is connection. This is reconnection with a God. This is an invitation into a new life. And as we see this in ourselves, we also begin to see this as a community. If we look back to this garden once more, if we look back to the original way that God meant it to be, we can see that God created this thing, marriage, um, as a means of the absolute deepest form of connection between two people. The deepest form of connection. A connection so strong that it's meant to represent the connection between us and God. Now, considering that, considering what marriage was created for, if we look at the images in Revelation and throughout the New Testament of the church becoming this bride of Christ, becoming married to Christ, and we see that we as a church are destined for the deepest unification with God. So we see that we're both individually and collectively united with Christ, connected to God 
in the most intimate of ways. So what does this mean for our lives? What does this mean for our life as community? What does this mean for our lives as individuals? Well, if we return once more and for the last time to Ephesians 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so no one can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. First from this, I'd like to just... Note that in this life that we're invited into, maybe we first need to recognise that we're not saved by anything that we've done. We're not the architects of our own reconnection to God. That instead of being saved by what we have done, we're actually just saved by God's free grace and forgiveness, as it says here. Which actually, in turn, kind of brings this focus more on maybe what we'll do with that. What will we do with that free gift of grace and forgiveness? What if we're saved for loving action on this earth, as opposed from from what we have done? And our connection to God is restored by this self-sacrificial love. So that we can then become givers of that same self-sacrificial love that has been given to us by God. And in the coming weeks, I, I get that's quite a big statement, but in the coming weeks we'll expand a little more on what that means for ourselves and our relationships with ourselves and our relationships with others and our relationships with creation. But what I will say is this. Our giving out of self-sacrificial love as a result of this restored relationship with God begins to reconnect us with ourselves and begins to reconnect us with others and begins to reconnect us as people with creation. We'll dive into a bit more of what that means in the coming weeks. But this giving of and choosing to love in a self-sacrificial manner might even have a bigger impact on the entire world and history than we first realise. In the garden, if we go back and we look at this entire narrative again, but through the lens of where God reveals himself and how he reveals himself, And we see that in the garden, God reveals himself to Adam and Eve as a God of relationship, creativity, and love. But he also reveals something of himself through Adam and Eve, through creating them in his image. To the nation of Israel, God reveals himself through all these covenants and his faithfulness as this faithful God of promises. And in turn... Israel, as this people of God, are to reveal something of God by the way that they lived in being a pure, holy, 
hospitable and loving nation. But then we get to this ultimate revelation of who God is and what God is like. The life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ. In that we see who God is and what God is like most clearly. And this is revealed to us, the church. So what do we think the response to that is? What do we think the next step of that is, given what's come before? Maybe it's actually that the next step in that chain is for us to reveal something of God. Because along that sort of line, people have been revealing something of God through their actions. Maybe it's time for us to reveal something of God by the way we live in self-sacrificial love. I'd like to state that as the church, we are called to reveal something of God on this earth. We are to show the world what God is like as a global community of believers. The church, the representatives of this God of connection and relationship on earth. It is through our good works our actions, done in self-sacrificial love, through connection to God, that we represent him to the world around us. And we can actually see in this that it comes right back to this original relationship between God and people in the garden. That if you look at Adam and Eve, they were to work alongside God, to care for creation, to steward. Now it's our turn. Now we are to work alongside God through our restored connection to him. This is the life that we are invited into. This is the life that we are called to live. Together, wherever we are, a life of self-sacrificial love that reveals who God is and what he is like to the world around us. That's it. That is the life that we are invited into. I'd like to just say that if you are not currently feeling like you're living that life, you are invited. If you feel like you're on the outside, you are invited freely by the grace of God. Let's pray. Um, Father, we pray that we would see that you are not a God to hide from, but a God of embrace. We pray that we would know more of that self-sacrificial love that you have given to us. And we pray that we would be more willing to live this same life of self-sacrificial love that you have invited us into. And in doing so, I pray that us as individuals and us as community would reveal something of who you are to the world around us. Amen. Um, I will hand back to the band now.